You're listening to the Influencer Podcast, episode 77. Okay, had to pop in here today and tell you that I am so pumped to finally share something that I have been tight-lipped about for almost a year now. I've been teasing it here and there this summer on my Instagram, but today is the day I am officially announcing it. Over the last year, I have been working on something truly transformative for each of you who listen in each week. I know that you have been spinning your wheels wondering what's the difference in bloggers and influencers who think for themselves, attract brand deals, cultivate a community, and empower their influence to honor their purpose versus those who feel trapped in the affiliate marketing rat race, wrestling with the compare and compete, compete and compare mind games of the social scroll, right? I mean, the struggle can be real, but... I do hear you. I have lived that too, and I know what it feels like to be totally lost on how to even start to turn this online influence thing into a true business. And my friend, there is a better way, a much better way. Today's guest really does not need an introduction. She is a true icon in the influencer and fashion blogger space. She is a fellow PR pro turned blogger who's made her way to the forefront of the industry by creating a swoon-worthy portfolio of content and clients, including dream brands like Michael Kors, Saks, Jaguar, and Tori Burch, just to name a few. Talk about goals, right? Join me in welcoming the one and only Ginny Capaletti, creator of Margot and Me. So how'd she create and grow a wildly successful fashion blog? Well, for starters, she treats her blog like a business, which you guys know is true to my heart. And she is sharing what that entails in today's episode. P.S. Wondering who Margot is? Don't worry. We're going to get to that in just a minute. And I want to make sure that you know that this interview was so incredible that we actually spliced it into two parts. So you're going to hear part one today, and you're going to hear part two next week. Let's dive on in. Before we dive in today, I want to give a warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Megan Marguerite. And she says, thank you, Julie, for sharing your gifts of communication and connecting people with us. I have gained so much knowledge from you and your guests. No matter who we listen in on, it's wonderful for us to be able to translate the messages and points into our own lives. It really feels as though we have a seat at the table with you. So thank you for keeping it real. I look forward to listening and learning more from this podcast. Well, thank you so much, Meg. I so appreciate that. And I am so happy that you love our guests as much as I do. That seriously warms my heart that you are really finding so much connection and communication just from hearing their wisdom and their knowledge. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And of course, I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week. So make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes, and you can give us a review there so I can, of course, highlight your review in an upcoming episode. And make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Jules Solomon and our guest today, Margo and me, and hashtag the Influencer Podcast to let us know that you are joining in today as you know that we love to read those and share those on our stories too. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter on theinfluencerpodcast.com for even more tips that we weren't able to get to in this info-packed episode coming up for you today. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. 
Jenny. It is so amazing to have you on. Um, this is going to be an amazing episode because I know for a fact that so many of the listeners that are listening in right now have followed you and worshiped you just as long as I have. You Uh-oh. are such an icon in this influencer space, in the fashion blog space, as Margot and me. So let's just dive on in. It's so great to have you here today, and I can't wait to see what this conversation holds. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. And just for the sweet words, I'm like, if you could see me, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> ah, well, good. I'm so excited. So um, obviously you are Margot and me. And for anyone who has been living under a proverbial influencer rock for the last, <laughs> what, six years plus, um, dive us into who you are um, and how you got started as really a, a blogger icon, I would say, in, in our oh space. Oh my gosh, too much. <laughs> You're too sweet. Um, well, I think the, you know, the biggest thing is I'm Jenny and my blog is called Margot and Me. So everybody's always like, well, who's Margot? And Margot is my French bulldog who's now eight years old, but she's kind of like the namesake behind the blog. And when we started uh, about five years ago, she made appearances quite more frequently in photos and she still makes cameos like here and there on Instagram. But, you know, she's kind of she's kind of wiggled her way out of the scene a little bit over the years. (laughs) And um, I I got my start, like I said, five years ago and um, I'd been working in like you. I was in PR for many years and um, was working, you know, a day job in PR and I was assisting stylists on the weekend, contributing writing to different editorial outlets. In my early 20s, I was just trying to like find my groove and like figure out what it is that I wanted to do. And blogging didn't yet exist. And I remember... Um, you know, be, working in PR and being at the forefront of like what was next for my clients and then seeing these, you know, now, you know, we all know what a blogger is, but I would have to educate my clients. Like there's this girl who's creating this beautiful content. We should really like, you know, get on her radar and maybe send her address. And um, it was very interesting to be a part of that new wave. And I felt like brands necessarily weren't like that I was working with at least weren't very into it yet. And so what I thought I was going to do was create my own platform to create, you know, buzz for designers and brands that I was really excited about. And that's really how it started very like organically with a combination of like everything that I was doing. And then the idea of kind of where you are now, because I know that you have had many evolutions and transformations of you just growing as a businesswoman and as a brand, the original idea of Margot and me versus the kind of the conception of how it is now, how much of that has changed and evolved over the last six years? Oh my gosh, tremendously. <laughs> I feel like for every year's, you know, you set new goals and you try to be forward thinking about where the industry is going and how you're going to be on the forefront of it. And, you know, for example, like, um, last year, you know, two years ago, really, there was a really big discussion about video content, right? Everyone's talking about video. We have to be in video and we weren't creating content in video. And so we were like, well, now there's Snapchat and now there's Instagram stories. We really had to put a lot of thought into what that video content was going to be because we knew that brands were going to want that. And, uh, we also launched a YouTube channel because we knew that that would also be a great platform to share, you know, visuals. So I think in terms of like the evolution, it's, it's really whatever, um, what dictates it really for me is like just keying into what it is 
Um, I hear from my readers and I hear from brands what they want so that we can provide and deliver something that we know that they're going to be interested in. And what, and I guess I'm out because I want you to kind of walk us through because it could have just been innately who you were. It could be your PR background, but what really gave you the insight or the finesse, if you will, to know what brands needed, or most importantly, mm. to know to ask those questions, not only from your audience, but from the brand side? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I genuinely think it has to come from um, having that PR background and knowing, um, having that branding expertise and, and also having, um, you know, just gone to college for marketing and, and kind of knowing how to like market yourself and you yourself have to look at, um, your brand, you know, yourself as a brand and regardless of, you know, what you're gravitating towards, you have to be really definite on what it is that you're speaking about. You have to know your tone and, and if you're all over the place, you're going to get a lot of wishy-washy readers. They're going to be like, oh, well, you know, she's ping-ponging from one topic to the next. Her style isn't consistent. I'm not really identifying with it. So there's, you know, a saying that I've said for so many years is consistency is key. Constantly making sure that, you know, what from whatever it may be from, you know, creating newsletters daily or creating blog posts weekly or, you know, wearing that blazer that you love, throwing it into a few posts, um, you know, just making sure that things stay consistent because people do like familiarity a lot. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. Um, I talk a lot about consistency and, yeah. uh, it, on this podcast and figuring that out. But I know that that's one thing that a lot of listeners, especially those starting out have, yeah kind of a hurdle, if you will. And so how were you able to figure out what consistency was for you and what that mm -hmm. meant for you? How were you able to test different things to figure out, okay, this is what I need to really be consistent at? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's so many different things that you have to be consistent at, at these days that it's like, um, first, I think you have to prioritize what it is that you want to be consistent at, because as we all know, there's different platforms, um, for different, for different things, you know, for you, you, you know, your Instagram, you have the podcast, um, your, your site. And for me, I know that it's, um, Instagram is, you know, staying consistent on Instagram is very, very important for the algorithm. Um, staying consistent on YouTube and posting videos regularly is very important. So priorities for me would be Instagram, YouTube, and our website, of course. And the way that we, create almost our editorial calendar. I mean, we have this massive Google <laughs> spreadsheet that we share with our team and we really plan out what it is that we want to be talking about for like the next two months. And then what we do is we kind of like organically seed in how that conversation that we want to be having that day or that week and how it's going to trickle ac across the other platforms. So what you see on my YouTube you're also going to hear echoes of it on the blog. You're also going to hear echoes of it on Instagram and, um, you're going to see connectivity through it. So kind of having a higher, um, like a bigger picture of what it is in terms of the content that you want to be creating will definitely help when trying to create consistent content. Mm, that's a great takeaway. And I love that. I love how you kind of define that. 
My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Okay. And I'm going to have to ask you a little bit more about that editorial calendar because I know oh, that yes. that's something that people <laughs> are like, how do you even start it? How do you keep it organized? What do you do? So could you walk us through that? Is it is it like a, a bi-monthly meeting that you and your team have? And then what does that actual calendar look like? What do you put in there and how do you update it? Yeah, absolutely. And I would be lost without my amazing editorial director. I just have to give her a shout out. Chelsea is like my girl. I mm-hmm. don't even know what I would do without her. She keeps me so organized. It's insane. So what we have is really, um, you know, we work in Google Sheets and it's a shared doc. And so it's a living document because at any time I could have a story pop up and I'm like, wait a minute, I want to throw that in there. Let's change it up. That also determines what Insta story um, is going to go live that you know, that day or that week. So we need our graphic designer to be able to see that that story has actually changed. So we have different columns for different things, identify the date, the blog story, the Instagram post that's going to go along with it, the Insta story graphic that's going to go along with it, the Pinterest story that's going to go along with it, the Facebook post that's going to go along with it. So it's kind of like this long spread out sheet of content to create this, this structured flow so that we can all see it in front of us. And it really helps us create, you know, that needed structure. Otherwise it just gets so confusing. Mm, I love that. And, and you're able to kind of go in, if, if there is a last minute change or something, you're able yeah. to kind of go in and make those tweaks. And then do you use any apps or any kind of, you know, whether it's Planoly or plan or what have you to, um, kind of batch and get those things going prior to posting? Um, admittedly, I am not much of an advanced planner besides having the editorial calendar because we are producing so much photo content on the regular. Mm -hmm. We are shooting, editing, posting, shooting, editing, posting. So it's not like we have, we have to stay very in the moment with the outfits and the beauty content that we're creating, obviously, because it's very trend driven, we want to be, you know, up on current, you know, topics that are going on in in the space. So we can't create content that we shoot a month before and then throw it up a month later. So we don't create. um, So I would say it's 
probably like three days in advance where the photos will be delivered and then the graphic team um, and the editorial team dumps them into either the graphic for Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram stories, or puts them into the blog post itself. Mm, awesome. So when it comes to, um, I, I, obviously the, the visual design element has to be new and fresh and constantly evolving. Yeah. Are you able to throw in any kind of evergreen content when it comes to Ooh, your editorial I love that calendar? Word. Yes, me too. I love it. Um, and how, because I, I feel like that's a big, feedback that I get from a lot of specifically fashion bloggers that they're like, look, I would love to create more evergreen content, but I feel like I can't because I'm constantly having to produce new photos and new visuals. So have you found a way to kind of marry the two? Absolutely. I think that Instagram is a space for immediacy and current, you know, everything. Sure, there's opportunities for throwbacks here and there, but the blog for us and Pinterest especially and Facebook especially are incredible platforms to recycle evergreen content. We know for a fact that our top searches on Margot and Me are Paris and wedding. People, you know, love um, diving into all of the content that I created for my wedding. And we also know that they love diving into all the content that we create around Paris. And so, you know, whether it be an update to a widget um, or um, just an update to like a city guide, uh, we will you know, recycle all of those stories on Pinterest and on Facebook, because we know that those will still be generating a bit of buzz. So I think when, in terms of like feeling that pressure, my advice would be look at topics that your readers really look to you for and, and create articles that are focused around that. So for example, like if you know that your reader loves a cat eye, that's not trendy necessarily, um, but that's a great story that you can create evergreen content out of. I love that. And, and even, you know, if you have that piece of content that's evergreen, you could then go back months later and update the photos or update the products or whatever it is that you need to do to keep that content feeling fresh, but not actually having to create something new all the time. Exactly. Because we, you know, we have to be able to create some kind of content that's living on Pinterest and Facebook more regularly than the amount that we actually produce blog posts. So we also, in our editorial calendar, we also have an area um, that's dedicated to evergreen content that we slate in between posts. So like we post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so on Tuesdays we'll, we'll, uh, and Thursdays we'll throw up evergreen content onto Pinterest and Facebook. Mm. And then when it comes to, um, I mean, obviously, cause we kind of dove into the editorial calendar and how it's grown when you were first starting it, how were you able to create that? Was it just kind of like trial and error and you built it over time or yes. were, was it, you know, a background and kind of understanding maybe like the magazine industry and how they do it? Yeah. Um, no, it was a lot of research on my end and trying to find those resources. Um, because although I did work directly with the the magazines and with the stylist, I was never actually on the editorial side, which would have been super helpful, <laughs> but it was more of like me Googling editorial calendar. <laughs> right. What, what does it look like? And then And then really having like, um, you know, you have your ebbs and flows with your team. So like I would hear from my editorial director, she'd be like, well, this doesn't really make sense for me because I need to be communicating this to our graphic designer. So can we put something in here that gives her, you know, a call to action so that she can just look at this and make sure, you know, to make sure what graphic she's creating that day. And I'm like, great, perfect. Let's throw in a column there that is titled Pinterest graphic. And that way she can, you know, read across the line to see exactly what it is she needs to do on what day. And like, I said, it's, um, 
it's constantly growing. We're constantly like either deleting things from it. One of the new things that we added to it, just because we have a bunch of travel going on is, um, I highlight, um, the dates and the, um, of when I'm going to be traveling. So for example, like, you know, August 15th through the 24th, um, I'll be in California or in Napa. And so I'll put that there. So my team knows that I'm going to be there so that when we're scheduling content for the blog or for Instagram, they can keep in mind that my organic stories are going to be taking place in Napa. So let's create things that kind of feel like it's um, it's connected to that. Cause you know, when you create content that's so far in advance, sometimes there's room for it to feel a little disconnected. So making sure that, you know, it really flows nicely is, is such a huge priority for me and my team. I love this. I, I just, I love how organized you are and how strategic <laughs> you are. Um, because that really tells me that you as a blogger, you really see what you do as a business and yeah. you really see what you do as a brand that you're cultivating, which I think that at the foundational core, if there's bloggers or influencers out there that really can't see themselves at that, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be really hard for them to lay that foundation and lay that groundwork. Right. I mean, there's a point where you have to really like ask yourself, am I committing to this a hundred percent? Because I, and I'm guilty of this, you know, I've said, I'm going to do something and then I won't follow through with it. And I'm not only letting myself down, but I'm letting a huge community of people down who were looking forward to that. So, and you know, we were one woman shows a lot of the time where we, you know, maybe don't feel like putting a face of makeup on that day and we're having an off day, but we have to like push ourselves and be there. We only have ourselves to, you know, be responsible to. Um, so really finding that drive and determination within yourself to know that this is like, you know, the biggest undertaking that you're ever going to embark on is, is a tremendous, you know, battle to kind of like get over. Yes. Um, and I completely agree with you. Um, I want to talk about starting out for a moment, yeah. um, because that that's, you know, the one thing that just constantly is reiterating with the listeners on here is, mm -hmm. you know, but how, but how, you know, start, you know, how did you really make it? How did you do this? And, you know, it's definitely not yeah. an overnight thing. It's definitely not, you know, a get rich quick kind of thing. It takes a lot right. of work and a lot of time, but if you had three tips or one tip or five tips, whatever it is, if you were sitting down and there was, um, a, you know, blogger, potential blogger sitting across from you that just said, Jenny, what are the three must have things that I must do if I really want to create a long-term brand and business as an online influencer? What would you say to them? Okay. This is loaded. <laughs> it is <laughs> like, loaded. I like, which one do I start with first? So I think I just touched on it a little bit in, in what I was talking about, um, ha making sure that you are fully committed and understanding what that means and what that commitment means, um, to the content creation process. Um, you know, it goes without saying this was something that people didn't really take into consideration maybe like two or three years ago, but like now everybody knows, like you have to have incredible, uh, photo quality to your images. You need to, um, make sure that your copy is, and I know that you speak a lot about this too, and I love it because making sure that your copy is, is, um, 
you know, well-written and structured and that there's going to be takeaways for readers because people want to keep tuning in when there's going to be takeaways from things. So creating smart content is definitely something that you want to challenge yourself to in the very beginning and taking a position on what it is you want your tone to be. Do I want to specifically just talk about like vintage fashion or do I specifically want to talk about the business of blogging? Start out with a niche and start out with a topic. And from there, it will really grow. I mean, I started out just in fashion. I was only talking about fashion. And then it branched into beauty organically. And then I got married and it it kind of took on this life of its own, you know, into wedding lifestyle travel. So when you plant the seed with something specific, instead of trying to think so broadly, things will come a lot more organically in terms to helping you grow in the future. Mm. Um, So that would be tip number one. Tip number two is figuring out what your weaknesses are and finding somebody who can complement them. Um, For me, this is a big one. Um, I owe so much to my team and admittedly I'm like horribly horrible with grammar and spelling. And I don't know where I would be. Like my first copywriter was my mom. (laughs) Every every time I would publish a blog post, I would send it to her and be like, can you please read this? Make sure I'm not missing or misspelling something. And, you know, know what your weaknesses are so that you can make them stronger because it's a very vulnerable world. This, you know, um, internet space that we're all a part of. We're all so connected in it and people are quick to call things out. So maybe if you're not so great at pitching, brush up on watching YouTube videos or tuning into different podcasts to know, get ideas on like how to pitch. It's knowing your weaknesses so you can make those things stronger so that you can be a stronger businesswoman or guy. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I love that. You're just like, you're preaching to, to my business heart right now. I love it. I love yes. it. And then three, love what you do. I think mm. that's like at the core of it. You have got to love what you do. I mean, and if there's a second where you're like, God, I'm not feeling this, it, you should never feel that way in any job that you're in, whether you're an influencer or doing, you know, God knows what, but you always have to be true to yourself and what it is that you're feeling. And I think if, if you can do that, then you'll be successful at whatever it is that you do. Mm, I love that. Thank you for walking us through that. I want to talk about diving into a little bit more of what makes you as a as an influencer, as a blogger, as a brand really unique. Um, and I know that before we got onto this conversation, you were sharing with me that you and your team really pride um, yourselves on taking an elevated el- editorial approach to your content creation, which... Mm-hmm you can just see that by following you on Instagram. You know, um, I loved that you shared with me that you do not use iPhone only photos for any sponsored or organic content. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I loved, loved to hear that. And I, I want you to kind of dive a little bit deeper into why you made that choice. Yeah. Um, and then also I love that you shared with me that your website is your number one focus with Instagram being second. I am such a firm believer in, in, and also having your website being number one priority. But of course we see so many bloggers and influencers make the mistake of having an Instagram being their first focus with their website right. kind of hanging out and behind. So mm-hmm. um, I would love to know, I, I guess from those first two, why you made the choice to really be conscious about um, how you create your content in terms of the photos and what they look like. And then um, walk us through the process of really making sure that you always kept your website as the number one focus. 
Okay, great. So um, I think just in terms of the choice, um, this has this all goes back to my um, vision that we had for Margot Me. And I say we because my husband, Freddie, is my creative partner on Margot Me. Everything that I do is with him hand in hand. He comes from a um, film background. He's a director and a producer and a writer. And so naturally, he has a very specific eye when it comes to creating content. And uh, before we started Margo and me, that content was specifically his films that he was doing. And my background was real. I mean, we all love touching glossy magazines and flipping through the pages and like that feeling that of seeing like this insane editorial in a magazine, the feeling that it evokes in me is like something that I will never get over or something that will never get old. I still buy magazines for that reason, just because I love it so much. And you know, when we started, there was a lot of people who were doing street style. And I was like, I love street style, but like, I don't really like see myself as a street style person, but I really like this idea of blogging. So like, how can I marry the two ideas? Like, you know, the editorial world and the, you know, the quick, fast paceness of street style. And it's definitely more challenging in my opinion, just because we, and I shouldn't say never use iPhone only because I do, we definitely will, you know, Freddie and I will take iPhone photos of the two of us candidly. We call it PC collection, our personal collection. <laughs> and we're like, I was like, this is for the PC collection, but sometimes like a cute iPhone photo, you know, I do want to share with my community, but for the most part, you know, we want to work with brands that are, um, elevated and we want to work with brands that aspire to be elevated. And so in an, in the only way to do that is to create content that feels elevated. And Freddie, um, takes all of the photos. He edits everything. I mean, he's constantly on his computer, you know, putting something together, um, and making sure that it's up to his standards and his are much higher than mine. <laughs> he has such an eye. He's so creative when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I'm so thankful to have that. I mean, I don't, I honestly, what we've created is a pure combination of the two of us creating something together, because if it was just me, I don't know that it would be what it is now. So that's really why we made the choice to create that kind of content is because we both value it very deeply. We, we look at, um, content creation as, as an art, you know, and while we still have lots of learning and growing to do and aspire to be many things, um, you know, that's, that's really where, where we place our, our heart and soul at when creating, um, and then what was the next question? Uh, priority being the website. Yes. So, I mean, this is easy. If Instagram were to like crash tomorrow, knock on wood for all of our sakes, <laughs> but where would, where would we be? Instagram does not belong to you. You do not own it. You are renting space from a company online and you are, you know, you're making a living off of it and you have to be able to make a living off of something if it doesn't exist anymore. And the only place that you're going to be able to do that is on your own site. And we've known that from day one. So priority has always been website, making sure that our, our numbers continue to grow and making sure that when we're doing articles or, or, um, you know, everything is SEO optimized, making sure that once a month I'm contributing to different outlets because they'll direct traffic, which is also great for SEO and do it, you know, kind of playing around with these 
you know, little tactics to make sure that your site is continuing, you know, continuously growing and continuing to get the visibility that you set out for it to get. I love that. Um, and I would love to know why you think, cause I completely agree with you and I always find it so, um, interesting how so many people, you know, we always hear that like Instagram, you don't own it. You know, it, it would be like going into a rental property and completely renovating it. Like why, you know, right. like, why would you do that? And it's people, it seems like they understand it conceptually, but for some reason they don't actually take the action and make those shifts needed to really make their website number one with Instagram yeah. being second. They'll sit there and be like, oh, I know totally. And then here they are still driving everything and everyone to Instagram. Do you, why do you think that is such a mindset issue for so many people? Because Instagram, it's a sure thing right now and nobody knows when the bubble's going to burst. So everybody's trying to like, you know, get everything out of it that they can. Yeah. Honestly, that's what, that's what I think it comes down to is, yeah. is, you know, you know, it's a bit of laziness. It's like, oh, well, this is working. So why not? I'm just going to keep doing it, but it's not forward thinking. And that's the big, that's the you know, bigger problem with what's happening right now. I think a lot, a lot of bloggers have stopped blogging and they're only doing Instagram. And I, I read it on different outlets too. And, you know, the blogging world gets a bit of, um, slack for it, to be honest, you know, Oh, she used to be a blogger, but now she's just an Instagrammer. And, and I read that it's like a little, you know, it's, it's like a little jab. It's like, Oh no, like, I don't want that to happen to our community because so many people like got their start on their blogs and the blog is still such a huge part of what it is that, you know, I'm doing. And I, I still read blogs. I still, you know, love, you know, seeing what's out there, what's new, what's going on that it's, it's, it's almost sad to hear that people aren't still investing as much in it as they used to be. Totally. Especially when your blog, I mean, it really is your headquarters. I mean, you know, it's, it's where everything should stem from, at least, you know, I think, um, so thank you for walking us through that. I also want to talk about another thing that when, when I, when I wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers, join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you got to do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the influencer podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence for show notes, downloads, and action-based tips head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode guest and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.